This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas in educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Today, we do a deep dive into the World Bank's 2018 World Development Report. With me is David Edwards, the Secretary General of Education International, a federation of 32 million teachers and other educators affiliated with unions and associations in 173 countries. We are the constant, right? We are the ones that have seen the, seen the trends and seen the fads come and go. David takes us through the report's main points and offers a series of critiques compiled in a new report called Reality Check. He also gives us a behind-the-scene look at global education governance and comments on the teacher strikes happening in many parts of America. David Edwards, welcome back to Fresh Ed. Thank you, Will. It's good to be back. So I want to start sort of with this broader sort of question. Um, What is the World Development Report? The World Development Report is a yearly World Bank report, um, which provides analysis on different key issues affecting development. It's been going on for over 50 years now. Um, Actually, the next one is on the changing nature of work. Um, And it's, it's an important report because the policy recommendations um, that are in it in, in many many instances are what's used by finance ministers and governments as they try to put together applications for loans and grants and projects in developing countries. So it sort of signals uh, a direction of tra- uh, important direction of travel uh, in various policy spaces. So in a way, many people in the development world take this seriously because it does have major impacts on funding, future funding. Yeah, I think absolutely. And I think, you know, those who are trying to figure out what are the words, you know, what are the signifiers that you want to kind of use to sort of increase your chances as as these applications are being evaluated, um, that you're using what the bank sees as sort of state-of-the-art research or you know, uh, whatever frame, it's, it's, it's very important. And it's, a lot of attention is paid to it in, in the development world. Do you know how the World Bank settles on the different topics over the years? You know, it's a great question. Um, they usually pick them about, I think it's three years ahead of time. Um, the, the board, there's a, there's a bank-wide consultation, and they have to sort of make a pitch for different things. And... Um, you know, the the one that's coming up next uh, is on work, which is coming at the same time that the ILO is reaching its hundredth year anniversary, and it's sort of putting out its major report that it's been working on, which is called the future of the, the future of work. And it's kind of strange that they actually chose that one um, when the ILO was putting out this big report. To, so I'm not exactly sure. If, I, if I, we should read into it in terms of what the actual theme is or that they, they just one, one anchor, the education anchor or whatever, gets, um, they're able to bubble up and make the case. Um, and many people were sort of um, surprised that it took the bank this long to do one on education. Um, but, you know, I think they were trying to frame it within, within President Kim's view on... Um, you know, human capital development. This was the time of the GP replenishment. 
You also had the, the commission, the education commission. So there were a number of things that were happening. And I think the bank also wanted to make sure that they were out in front in terms of what they thought was, was good policy advice. So just to, to back up here, the, the current World Development Report put out by the World Bank this year was on education. And that was the first time in this 50-year history, 50-plus year history, that it's been on education. That's right. Yeah, this is the first time. Um, and I think there were a lot of people that were asking them to do this. You know, I think sort of if you go old school with some of the old, like back to Sakharopoulos and some of the, the old school bank economists, um, you know, I'm sure they would have liked to have it because this gives a lot of prominence inside of the bank to your area, right, in terms of the investment case. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not exactly sure why. I think, you know, if you talk to some people... Um, they would say because, you know, the, the, the investment in education, the sort of the hard science wasn't there and now it's there because you've got this new frame on learning outcomes and uh, test scores and that the, the data is better now and the, the, the frame of the learning crisis and all these kinds of things sort of um, allowed for some of the, the, the chief economists to feel better about education and the advice and the you know, direction, um, sort of buying test scores or investing in assessment and those kinds of things. So I think it it kind of fit a, a model of development that the bank has always sort of pushed. But education has always been about more than just, you know, economic growth or uh, preparing workers. And um, but they were they were looking for that that hook, maybe. Um, and uh, and so they picked two people to to write it. You usually have someone from the edu- from the sector area and then you have some more general from human development or or uh, an economist to kind of work in tandem. And then they pull together a team. Uh, they commission a lot of background papers. So it's a, it's a big process to kind of get it up and going. And so in this World Development Report on education, what are the sort of the main points that the World Bank is pushing? The, the, the one thing that they, they were trying to say is that you should work on you should make decisions based on evidence, according to them. But evidence is defined in a very narrow, um, quantifiable way based on learning outcomes data. That's, that's one thing. Um, the other thing they try to say is that, um, that we need to measure what we're doing. Again, that's back to the testing. And the other thing is about aligning actors. And this is sort of a, a polite way of saying that um, the sort of letting a, a thousand flowers bloom approach um, has not worked and you need everyone sort of coherently sort of thinking about what's the direction, what's important. And for them, the, the, the thing was focus on, on test score data. Um, and so that was sort of aligning actors around test score data. You could also say that it's, it's very much about a delivery system in their frame. And um, the, the main messages they wanted to give there um, were to try to, to say that if you want to deliver an education system, you need to get um, your teachers aligned, you need to get the system aligned, you need to get all these other pieces uh, aligned around this broader purpose, which is raising test scores. It seems like a very narrow understanding of education. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not surprising that it's narrow um, because, you know... I think that if you follow it back, 
in some ways, there are some parts of the of the WDR where they do talk about the sort of the some of the social returns a little bit more. Um, they've used maybe not rights language. I mean, they've recognized sort of the the, the SDGs, um, but for the for the most part, it's 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 pretty pretty narrow. When I would have a conversation with with the authors or someone about it. Um, they were always saying, yeah, well, you know, you have to remember this isn't for the edu policy wonk community. These are for finance ministers and people who don't really think about education. Um, but, you know, I don't know what, I think it's a greater disservice personally when you try to try to dumb down a very complex process. Um, I know you're trying to make the business case for investment in it. You're trying to tell everyone there's this major crisis, right, which is why you should care, you know, sort of like PR 101. Um, and then here's the silver bullet, um, or these things are, are silver bullets, if I want to be more fair to them, because um, they are trying to get away from a single single answer. But it's, it, it tends to be very, very, very narrow, and it tends to be, it tends to sort of gloss over, I think, the larger problems around economic development, human development, um, national sovereignty, um, embedded inequality inside of countries, whether that's gender, um, whether that has to do with, 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 with race or whether that has to do with poverty. Um, and, you know, if I, I mean, one of my main arguments with them is that they didn't want to talk about the financing of all of this, Right. If you if you read the 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 gem report, the UNESCO's well, it's not UNESCO, it's independent from UNESCO, but the, the 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 gem report, they don't they don't walk away from that that pretty important detail that at the end of the day this has to be paid for. So wait, the World Bank didn't discuss financing. No, it it, it there was a, in an earlier draft a section on how it should be financed, but what we were. What we assumed, what we were led to believe, was that there were different minds uh, inside, and that they didn't want to be, uh, in that way, prescriptive <laughs> in terms of what what's necessary in, uh, around strengthening domestic resource mobilization, um, progressive tax policy, um, looking at a lot of the ways in which you know um, corporations aren't paying any taxes in many countries, and and the ways and how this money was going, how this was going to be sustainable. Um, whether that was also, they just don't. They 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 stayed away from from that bit, which leads the door, which sort of opens the door um, to those who would want to see it. The the costs borne by the individual, by the parents, by by the rights holders, um, and not by the state. So it did open a door there because they kind of they 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 just left let it go, um, and I think that's also given what's happening with the GPE. It's, it's not completely unsurprising, um, given the debates, I think, what I understand inside the bank around the sort of outsourcing of public services. And um, President Kim, a month ago or so, made a, uh, a speech at the CDG, Center for, or CGD, Center for Global Development, uh, basically calling for the massive outsourcing of, of public services in the developing world. So I'm not overly surprised um, that that's a, a major, was a major omission. Um, 
maybe it should give us hope that, that there were some people that, that weren't willing to go down that rabbit hole with him. Maybe there's some adults. Maybe it's sort of like the, the Trump White House, that there's, there may be a few adults left that, that are trying to talk him down. It, it's just, it's pretty wild to think that the World Bank would, uh, you know, a bank that deals in financing uh, would not discuss that topic when it came to what they saw as the most important part of development for this year. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a crazy rea- reality to sort of kind of get my head around. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it is absolutely um, un- incredible um, that the bank, the bank would leave it, leave the fi- that fi- financing detail out. I mean, especially when, especially when, you know, you, you mentioned Sakharopoulos earlier. I mean, this is the, this is the, the, the academic who also worked for the World Bank for many years that really popularized this idea of rates of return, right? And this is now, this is the sort of standard way that the World Bank talks about education. The value of education is producing some level of rates of return in, in future yeah, income. I, I mean, he got, they got their hands slapped, right, in terms of education. some I mean, of the rates just, of return that's uh, over the years. They've had to sort of adjust and apologize <laughs> for some of the, uh, the damage that some of their recommendations have caused. I mean, the, the famous one was there about uh, they had underestimated the rates of return to higher education because they hadn't really thought about innovation and um, <laughs> you know, uh, sort of evidence-informed in, policy and things like that, So, um, which I guess are all externalities. I don't know how you <laughs> – but they had, to come, they had to kind of come back and adjust that and, okay, I guess um, – and then early childhood uh, – you know, because there was sort of a debate about whether the the effects the effect size faded over time, and you know, um, it, it, I mean, it's it's you really have to look at the assumptions that are built into these models, and and I think you have to look at the assumptions that are built into the model of the the WDR itself. Right, right. I mean, it, you know, any so for instance, these test scores that are used. Obviously, if you dig in just a little bit, scratch the surface you realize that even the test scores are quite problematic in how they were, were calculated and how, you know, the methodology they were uh, of the test scores and how the test was given. And it just becomes very complex, but sort of hidden behind this very neat number that comes out. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we have just sort of countless stories after stories. I mean, and, and everyone knows it's, it's only as, it's only as good as the test is, you know, but, um, People sort of take face granite. They take for granted the face value that they're going to be great tests, you know. And um, and then you kind of push on them a little bit because I think one of the interesting things has been because um, you've looked at the different kinds of testing um, providers and uh, actors, you know, over the last few decades. And there's been those that have done it by by age, right? And there have been those that have done it by grade. There are those that are kind of doing it through, uh, I don't know what they call these, these sort of participatory uh, uh, citizen-led assessments, right? The sort of uh, survey, door-to-door, household survey approach. And um, and it's, it's really interesting because what happens is they kind of conflate all of this together, right? And which is the test that everyone feels confident in, um, somehow measures basic skills, knowledge, and whatever, and it's all contested, and it's, there's no agreement even at the, at the body that's supposed to um, 
make those decisions, which uh, the UIS, UNESCO Institute of Statistics, is trying to convene. So, I mean, it's somehow it's just completely laughable, you know, that there is this test that tests this thing called quality. And at the same time, you know, I was we had the international summits on the teaching profession two weeks ago in Portugal with the with the OECD, and you know, we were pointing out in sort of high performing OECD countries and highly where where you have better equity and all these different investments and things like that. That's which is easy to test, is easy to digitalize, automate, outsource, and so. We really need to get away from the things that are easy to test, except not for developing countries for some reason. Um, I, I, yeah, it's 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 quite a quite a world. So I I want to ask you about um, Education International's response to the World Development Report because it this was like the first time this whole reality check it was these multiple blog posts there was big social media about it and I mean it was. It was quite amazing to see the sort of um, the effort that Education International put in to responding to to what is effectively one report by the World Bank. I mean, so how did you, you know, as the new Secretary General of Education International, you know, what were you what were you hoping to be the outcome or achieve from from doing this sort of um, r- reality check effort? Well, I think what we were we had gone through the consultation process around the WDR. Right, and we had made formal submissions, and we had other academics that we were working with, or other, you know, we we we'd contacted um, teacher leaders in countries that had been gone through sort of a, a World Bank structural adjustment process, and you know whatever, and told that they could never have a a, a pay increase, and you know, or whatever, or they had to retire, they had to work till they're seven, whatever. So we, we, we were talking to all of them. We were trying to sort of pool things together that we could submit to, to the WD, WDR team. And we were feeling like, well, probably they're going to listen. And, and then we started seeing some of the, the drafts that were leaking out. And um, there was none of it, uh, nothing, no, no critical voices, and uh, none of the alternative explanations for the same these these problems or these symptoms that people like to focus on as problems. And um, so we were thinking, what is the role of the world's teachers at this moment? You know, the world's teachers are in every classroom in on every country um, with with the actual students that are being discussed here. They've seen every reform trend come through. They've had to protect their students from the worst ones. They've tried to help fix some of the okay, decent ones. And they've tried to, you know, stand up to uh, and, and defend their students' rights and their rights when, when they could. And I thought, well, you know, the difference between us, one of the difference between EI and the bank is that we actually created, the teaching profession created assessment. And it's not something that we, we want to give over um, very lightly to anybody else to do or to promote or to, or to narrow. And the reason was because we actually have this idea that in our practice, in our professional practice, assessment is a tool used to improve something. You assess because you have a question that you're trying to answer, you're trying to improve. Others use assessment as an accountability tool because they want to be able to rank and track and punish and reward and things like that. We actually want to improve. So we, we did this thought experiment. We said, okay, here we have this WDR and it's got all these problems. One of the things is what if we were to treat it in terms of like thinking about from a formative assessment 
process uh, to the WDR and the WDR team. And um, what if we were to kind of think about the ways in which, you know, we could collaborate with other professions, with our colleagues um, who have expertise and would take different angles? What if we sort of opened it up and said, listen, right now, nobody is... Um, there, there's very few critical voices that are out there. Everyone is sort of cheerleading how great the WDR is. And what if we actually try to give a platform to those? And then what if we try to think about that platform using social media, the blogs, as a portfolio of reflections based on evidence? We could sort of hyperlink all sorts of cross-reference and, and data and pieces in there, and we could go get practitioners, academics, you know, bank critics, others to kind of come and say, you know, on testing, one of the ones I love is Passy, who I know is on your show a lot. Um, they actually quote him, his research, and they, he wrote to me, he's like, they're completely got my research wrong. You know, they've completely, they're using me for their own ends. It's, this is absurd. And I said, well, guess what? Now you have a platform to call them out on it. You know, so we wanted to be able to actually contact some of the researchers or the universities and people and say, you know, this is the way this is getting framed or this is the way this story is getting told. And this is called, they're calling this as the sort of what works. Uh, what do we know what works? Um, can you help problematize that or can you help think, help us think through that? And, you know, and we, we put it out there and the response was, was fantastic. We had like 25 um, different submissions that kind of came in and we were able to sort of spread them out over the past six months to, to keep the conversation going. And our members um, was really helpful because, you know, I think the bank remains, you know, for a lot of teachers and education support personnel as, as a big, shiny, illustrious building in, in Washington, right, very far removed. And there's, it's hard to see the thread that connects to the things that they live in their daily life with the recommendations, with the economics, the, with the neoclassical economic thinking that, that, that sort of comes out of the bank. And uh, what we heard back from our members was, oh, yeah, so this is, oh, right, okay. So it's, it's been a really, it's been, I think it's been a really uh, successful um, uh, undertaking. And to our minds, we haven't been able to spot anybody else that has been um, taking, doing a critique or uh, a formative assessment, if you will, of, of the WDR. Yeah, certainly not as quickly as Education International has done. I mean, maybe there's some academics out there that are going through the peer review process now to get some papers out, um, you know, but that'll be in a few years when we actually see them. Um, it's just amazing how quickly this response was from Education International. So do you think that, uh, so you said you are having an effect among your members and sort of... Um, making what the World Bank does a little more accessible to people who might feel very far removed from it. But what about, do you have, do you think you're having an effect on people who would agree with the World Bank? Like, are you preaching to the choir or are you actually, is there, is there going to be certain um, people that will disagree with a lot of what was being said in the reality check, maybe listening and, and having this, you know, maybe creating this debate or is it just, we're all in our own little camps and, you know, that's it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've had, uh, let me think, think about this a couple of different ways. So one way is you go, well, what would be, what would be evidence of that you weren't um, just preaching to your choir or preaching to your, to your regular camp? 
Um, that would be if there were some responses or if it was being retweeted or there were some rebuttals or we were picking it up. Um, so there have been ministries of education, um, some ministers that I've bumped into at uh, the GP replenishment or at other glo- sort of global meetings and sort of talked to about it. And um, they, were, they were sort of, you know, relatively interested because they, they were saying, you know, I, 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 I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there's one minister who said, you know, a lot of, a lot of sort of um, the swaps, the um, sort of the sector-wide assessments, and whether that's for poverty or whatever, they, they're written by bank staff. Um, and there's sort of always the same formula in them. And what this kind of does is it allows us to sort of point to if they're saying we need to, you know, do something on teacher policy, we now have something we can point to and say, well, you know, that is contested. And just being able to say that something's contested and that it isn't sort of the truth is useful for, for some policymakers. In, t- in terms of the sort of edu-economics blog blob, right, of um, the sort of the rise people, um, that if they don't see an effect size over X, they're not interested in it because whatever. Um, you know, I, I had some conversations with some of the of those folks. I've sort of sent sent them the the, the report and, and, you know, copied them on or tagged them on some of the tweets and things and had a few sit-downs. And, um, you know, these are not people that agree with us, right? These are, these are people who feel like, you know, we're not, we're not, we're dinosaurs. We're not seeing the change that's coming. We're not seeing the sort of rise of the robots for what it is. Um, we are under the, the, they, they would say, you think that somehow we're going to be able to pay for education for poor kids. Um, and the money's just not there, Right. Um, and then we are sort of saying, well, okay, the money's not here, but here's this piece on, on, uh, on tax. Here's this piece working, looking at um, domestic resource mobilization. Here's what the Norwegians are doing with ActionAid in Malawi on, you know, tightening up reporting around, uh, you know, uh, multinational tax and blah, blah, blah. Here's these things. Like, oh, yeah, well, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you, I'll give you this and I'll give you that. And then you start saying, but, you know, this idea that somehow the private sector is going to, you know, is going to solve all these things. Can you refer back to sort of like this this Jim Kim speech at, uh, at the Center for Global Development, and um, they're going, "Oh no, 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 that's that's not is is that happening? Is that did he say that?" And you kind of kind of link up his speech with some of with some of the things in the WDR, even though the WDR says there isn't data to suggest that private is better than public, which is further than they've ever gone before. Um, I, and I, that's the one, one thing that we do like. <laughs> we think that was really honest <laughs> to say that uh, at the least. But um, the, the, the sort of economists are themselves wondering, you know, maybe, maybe the bank is getting caught. Uh, maybe the bank is over, uh, oversampling from U.S. examples. Maybe, maybe there is a, a Western dominance um, maybe we are going to just the same seven researchers and and sort of rehashing all of their research. So I, I do think that we are be able to problematize 
some of the bits. I don't believe that we're going to sort of turn, you know, these these econometric, uh, you know, uh, experts into um, rights champions, right? I don't I don't think we're going to get them to to fully question um, whether or not a whether or not uh, fluency uh, words per minute um, can can uh, be equated with uh, comprehension, you know, because it's comprehension is harder to measure, and so they don't like things that are harder to measure. But I do think we've we've made a dent with this one, um, and I do know that that the staff, um, the WDR staff, were receiving and reading the the each blog that was coming out because I was being told by someone inside that they were they were actually circulating them. So, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, Education International and you as the Secretary General attend many meetings where World Bank officials are there, but also OECD officials, as you were saying earlier. Presumably many uh, differing opinions in the same room when talking about education. What is that like for you to, to be in that room and sort of having these discussions uh, with people who have very different opinions than you do. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it can get it can be frustrating, but um, I would much rather be in the room and hear it than not be in the room and hear about it later, and not have the opportunity to sort of speak to some of the the, the false assumptions. And I think um, you know, OECD is a, is we do like these summits that we do with ministers and, and teacher union leaders, you know, uh, if you thought that we've almost 10 years now, um, it's, we just did the eighth one. And at the time we were agreeing to do it, um, there were a number of, of people that were saying, oh, going toe to toe with the ministers, you know, oh, that's going to be really tough. And I was thinking, no, education union leaders who are de- democratically elected because they're good thinkers because they're they're articulate because they're strategic because they know evidence can sit next to a minister who's been appointed because they were a big campaign donor or you know <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to go on on that particular secretary of education but you know I mean it's actually not really fair because we're we're the constant Right, we're the ones that have seen the seen the trends and seen the fads come and go, and and we remember the time when it was all about sort of destroy teachers unions. Uh, teachers unions don't represent um, uh, true teachers, and we just we just need good delivery systems. And now everything's about an education system is only as good as its teachers, right? And uh, so it's it's because we came. It's been a the curve has been, has been interesting to watch. Um, and so I've been inside the room and outside the room in the streets while that curve was happening. And, you know, the, the you know, you had the Finland uh, situation. We've got high, high union density in most of the countries that are sitting around the table. And you have Andreas Schleicher from OECD going, well, everybody, we all know that good labor policy lays the groundwork for good education policy. So you have to have good labor conditions first. And this last summit was on teacher well-being because... The OEC was saying you couldn't. You can't, we know from research you can't have good student well-being if you don't have good teacher well-being. That means you have to pay them well. You have to give them time to plan, to collaborate, give them the professional autonomy, the trust, the space. You know, there's a lot we can work with there. 
um, especially in, in countries like the, the UK, where you have the teachers that are, are working the most hours and they're getting, you know, let's just say um, d- there's some diminishing returns there, um, if I want to use the e- economist language. And, um, you know, to, I got to see a uh, education leader, a teacher, one of our affiliate leaders in that country, have a debate with the education secretary on, you know, um, on, on phonics. And she was brilliant, and uh, he was trying to read from a script, and it was very clear that it wasn't working. <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 it's exciting. It's, uh, I think it's important. I think that as we are trying to figure out how we're going to deal with all of these global problems and issues and threats, you know, um, and I think a lot of there's been a lot of overpromising and underdelivering by this by the sort of consultant class, right? That's uh, trying to sell a product or a technology, and things keep coming back to teachers, you know. Um, we, we, we've been collaborating and thinking and learning and researching for a very long time uh, under very different um, circumstances and conditions um, and always with sort of a vision of, of, of the world we're trying to help create and construct with our students uh, that, that's better, um, that's more fair, more just. And I think that, you know, I take great pride in, in getting to lead a delegation of, of teacher leaders and, and union leaders um, that are effective in in doing that uh, and across those different platforms, whether that's at the GPE or the OECD. I think, and in, in, in just to close that out, the, the opportunities to engage and to have a, a sort of a policy debate, to have a so, through social dialogue, is something that, that EI really values doing. Um, because we do believe that we, we know a great deal and we've learned a great deal as the teaching profession, as the organized teaching profession. And when we are sitting down with the OECD, UNESCO, the World Bank, whoever, whatever forum, you know, um, we want to make our voices heard and we want to engage them. And, um, and we want to do that, you know, as respectfully and authoritatively as we can. So I, the last question I really have is about Education International's involvement in some of the teacher strikes and the, the teacher movement that we see kind of rippling through many states in America. So I guess, I mean, is, is EI involved in any way in, in these different protests? So um, we are providing solidarity and support um, uh, wherever um, teacher uprisings or where teachers are, are fighting for their rights um, around the world, um, whether that was with the uh, the, the, the faculty, the, uh, academic faculty staff in the UK, um, whether that's higher education faculty in, in, in Kenya, um, whether that those are teachers in Oklahoma and, uh, and, and, and Arizona and Kentucky and West Virginia. So what we do is through our affiliates, which they are their, their members, so in the U.S. context, um, context that's you know uh, NEA and, and AFT who are EI affiliates and those are their Arizona Education Association and young members that are really um, you know tired of, of being at the bottom of the uh, compensa- compensation chart in the United States and and 
putting it together. So one of the things that we do do is just let them know that they're not alone. Um, we, we write to them. We um, facilitate letters from our members who want to stand in solidarity with them, who want to um, repost pictures of their textbooks, of uh, their you know ripped up textbooks or 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 whatever, um, who just want to know that from in Australia they held a solidarity rally with them you know and we want them to know that um, we because I think that's important I mean it's 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 part of the the solidarity that fuels the global teacher movement it's it's our commonality in our cause and in in, in our objectives and what we're about um, and so that's 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 one thing. The second part, I think, that we, how we contribute and how we kind of connect up with them is that they understand, and more and more teachers across the United States are understanding how um, the suppression of their wages, um, the fact that and they're having to teach for four days a week instead of five if they're in poor communities, or they're being told after seven years that they can't have a, a pay rise because we have to be able to give tax cuts to corporations. Um, they are understanding how the, 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 the macroeconomic policies are impacting on, on at the micro level of where they are and where they work. And so we have been sort of working with uh, through our research network and others to sort of map on and show um, the, the impact of of this sort of fiscal austerity on the lives of, of public education teachers, their well-being, their students, the quality of education, the equity issues in the classrooms. And we try to do that comparatively through our sort of uh, status of the world's teachers reports, through our um, toolkits that we produce, um, through research that we commission and, and share with them, and then their affiliates share with them. So um, uh, right around the world. Um, but I, I... I'm very excited, actually, um, that this wave is coming, and I really, I really think it is, and I'm seeing signs that um, that something new is happening, and that you know people are just fed up and tired, and and this idea that you know somehow um, you can squeeze and squeeze and squeeze this profession that, that in one hand you're saying, you know, we want the best and the brightest. This is what I call it the sort of the, the professional paradox of teachers globally right now. We want the best and the brightest um, who can multitask and teach high-ordered thinking and, you know, use all these different rubrics and theories and be researchers and collaborative and use their professional capital and all these different kinds of things. And then we want to pay them you know, we don't even want to pay them a living wage. We want to pay them by test scores. You know, we want to make it absolutely isolating and fragmented and demoralizing. And um, yeah, I, I, I think I think that the chickens are coming home to roost on that front. What I find so incredible is that you know the, the one of the parts that is missing in the World Development Report this financing to education, as we talked about earlier. Is the, is the main factor driving this, these protests in America. It's the main factor driving the social movements in education. And, you know, it just, it, it almost is so revealing that there's such a big disconnect between the World Development Report and what is really going on in the lives of teachers. Yeah, I, I, 
I think I think that's absolutely true, Will. And I think you know if you look at, at DevEx from yesterday, you know the spring meetings are happening now, and Trump is going in. His folks are going into the spring meetings, um, pushing for takebacks on World Bank staff salaries and conditions. And it's the World Bank staff union that's saying, "But we negotiated a contract. You know, we've 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 bargained this. This is." What's going on here? You can't you can't do that to us. Um, you know the irony is not lost on me. Um, and so I've, I'm reaching out to the World Bank Staff Association and, and unions and and saying you know the Global Union Federation stand with you in the fact that you have you have <laughs> you have core labor rights. You know, and if you look in the south of the United States where these are right to work states. And they don't have the right to strike. They don't have the right to collective bargaining. But still, they're taking to the street because what else are we going to do? What else? So, you know, um, and now they have Trump coming after them. And I don't know how many times President Kim will have to travel with Ivanka now uh, to the Middle East to, to try to make up for this. But um, but at any rate, I, I, I wonder if we could open up a dialogue and if as they're thinking about the future of work and the next report for the World Development Report – and, and sort of being cheerleaders for, you know, the gig economy and the uberization of the world. Um, I don't know. I just take a look at these, these sort of – I was looking at the cartoons they've been creating about all the, the, all the bureaucracy they're having to do and all the hard reporting work and, you know, and the downsizing that they're feeling. And I was just kind of – I was wondering if maybe we should ask them to post pictures – of old, instead of textbooks, but like old uh, Sakharopoulos econometrics books, you know, that they, that they could post to the New York Times or something like that. So maybe we could get a, a sense of, of, of the stress. No, but I, I kid, but I, I actually think that at the end of the day, you know, when you play these, these economic models all the way out to their end, um, you, get to, you get to a breaking point. And people get to a people get to a breaking point where they're saying, "Wait a second, I'm worth more than this," and collectively we can actually uh, negotiate something better. And the system is a bit rigged in a certain direction, and we can. And when it's Trump, the one who's rigging it, coming at you, maybe maybe this is the time when the WDR staff writing the next the next uh, book the next book on uh, report on on the future of work. Um, maybe think twice before they say, well, the time of unions is over because I think they need their union right now. And it would certainly be just delights if the, the World Bank Union joins in solidarity with Education International. It would be fantastic to see. David Edwards, thank you so much for joining Fresh Ed and best of luck with all of the different struggles worldwide with teachers. Thanks so much, Will. Thank you. David Edwards is the Secretary General of Education International. The report discussed today is entitled Reality Check, the Bank's World Development Report on Education. Please note that opinions expressed on Fresh Ed are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate us on iTunes. It really does help. Fresh Ed is made possible through listener donations. Please consider becoming a member of Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com slash support. Fresh Ed's producers are Sherry Yang, Yuval Devere, Hong Zong, and Lushik Waba. Aggie Hu is Fresh Ed's social media coordinator, and original music for Fresh Ed was created by Digital Priming. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll be back next week.